0: Welcome back, educators, business owners, entrepreneurs, everybody interested in finding new and innovative ways of doing things. We are here for another episode of the Iowa Innovation Podcast. I am Rob Merritt, and I am here once again with Anthony Betters. How are you, Anthony? I am doing well. I am glad to be here
1: once again. You know, be able to talk with you, but also to be able to speak with our lovely guest today.
0: Yes, yes. We are joined for the second time this season with uh, with, uh, Samantha Dalby. Uh, and with Andy Fiedler who are our awesome awesome education team Correct. What it's Andy Fiddler Correct. Is it Fiddler yes. like
2: like the guy on the roof?
0: It's always I've always thought it was Fiedler. I like no. I read it as F I E D no, and no. I read
2: That would be the German pronunciation but I don't know. I saw I his face he was like at... something hey, happened in the 40s or something, we I, didn't want I the German pronunciation I've, anymore. I've,
0: I've worked with you for years, and I realized as I was saying your name, I've never said your full name out loud. I've only I've only read it 50 million times, and I've always talked to you as Andy, but I've never actually had a reason to say your full name until this moment, and I said it wrong. He Here is kind of like
3: a one-name feature, kind of like Madonna, like Andy. That's, that's true. Andy. He, is, he <laughs> is Andy.
0: Well, thank you for educating me on that. I mean, that that's what you do. You are part of our education team, and it's I f- feel schooled right now. <laughs> <Yep>. So, <laughs> well, we are starting off on a great note. Uh, <laughs> I would halfway say that hey, we should edit that out, but I think that my humiliation should live in posterity.
3: We like to learn.
0: We do like right? to learn, we and do. I am learning Continual from learning. my mistake, Andy Fiddler. Thank you for correcting me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, actually, speaking of, of, of teaching, we are uh, we are here to talk today about. Um, the the K twelve education team has been involved for years now in a project to basically help bring teachers up to speed on teaching computer science uh, at a number of different grade levels, and a lot of that really came to be because of a requirement in the state that uh, that all districts uh, throughout the state needed to offer computer science by was by twenty twenty three, wasn't it? Like wasn't yeah, this the, year it was the best? kind benchmark? of rolled
3: out over a couple of years, and this is the final year. Yeah, everyone's got to get it all together,
0: and so um, and so, Nubico has been part of that effort to get those those teachers up to speed, and uh, and it's all through a curriculum that um, that you've been teaching that basically helps teachers who have no previous background in this learn what Mm -hmm. to do. But Mm -hmm. um, I I'm just I'm sort of curious first of all about how the Nubico team got involved in teaching uh, K twelve teachers. And uh, and basically how that requirement kind of fueled our efforts. So kind of just take us back to the beginning. How did NuboCo get involved with teaching computer science curriculum in the K-12 realm?
3: Yeah, like all good things. I got mad and I opened my mouth and then things happened. <laughs> Here we are.
1: <laughs> and, and what is your name and what do you do?
3: So I'm Samantha Dalby. I'm the director of K-12 education with Nuboco. And I oversee all of our advocacy, our student programs, and our teacher professional development that we do in Iowa and beyond. And um, when and you are making
0: your fourth appearance on our podcast, number four, you are becoming a regular here. Yes. Uh. So
3: yeah, so um, I first learned about NuboCo um, when I had young kids. Um, My background: I was a software engineer for several years. And somewhere in there, I learned that most schools in Iowa and beyond were still not teaching computer science, which was an atrocity to me because I saw in industry how hard it was to find people to fill those jobs and how lucrative they were and how like how many opportunities there were within that career. And so I started volunteering, um, going to Coder Dojo, helping out. I remember one time when my first time I had a baby strapped on my back was taking a nap and I was helping kids build like marshmallow and toothpick towers and stuff like that and just thought it was really cool seeing these kids get engaged and wanting to have um, more for them and then i helped out um, a few summers we did some stem summer camps and i ran uh some coding camps that filled up i think i had like 30 kids in there and as someone that does not have a background in education like classroom management skills not my best Mm. but i just put them you know into some computer science and coding and they were super engaged um very loud but very engaged and i really enjoyed that and then um somewhere in their one of the first summers uh org which is a na- international nonprofit now um was coming out and they were working on uh regional partnerships so they'd already had elementary curriculum they were training teachers all over the country kind of like a They would train people to be facilitators, and they would go out and kind of build up their own business, you know, and find teachers to recruit. So they're trying a new model um, where they had a partner in each state, and some states like California had several because they're so big. Sometimes they'd partner with a really large school district like Broward County, and they wanted to see if this model worked better with partners that understood the local landscape and could help train teachers, recruit those teachers, help guide them through the process, that kind of thing, because, shocking, There really isn't a way to train teachers to teach computer science, like especially back then. Like there wasn't a pathway for to become a computer science teacher. You might become a math teacher and you'll take a few computer science classes and then do that. You might be a business teacher that then really finds that you like it. You might be an industry person and then you go back and uh, become a teacher. But there really wasn't a direct path there. And so this model developed and we became a regional partner for Iowa. And our very first cohort had 32 teachers, middle and high school. Seemed kind of small. And at that time, I was like, we're going to have computer science in every single school in Iowa in five years. And people were like, what? That's not going to happen. Look and I was like, thank you for underestimating me because look where we are. Yes. Um, not quite in all of them, but that's kind of the, the beginnings of it where we had this crazy idea that we we're going to bring computer science to every single student in Iowa. And we are well on our way.
0: And
1: Sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. And so what I was thinking, what you're talking about, because I've been around you enough to understand these questions, because your background, like you said, isn't in teaching. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. a lot of people ask you, like, yeah, did you teach? You Mm -hmm. know, Uh, but you do a great job. Both you and A do a great job of making sure that you teach the curriculum or the program or activity well to those students. Um, But what I'm most curious about, and I think it'll be cool for our listeners to know, is how many teachers have you taught um, that's impacted their students in the coding room.
3: Yeah, so I said the first, very first cohort was 32 teachers, just middle and high school. We've worked with over 2,000 mm. preschool through high school teachers now. and All we, throughout Iowa. All throughout Iowa. And we also have some people that have reached out beyond that because Iowa's doing great things. And so they're like, hey, we want a little slice of that goodness. So help train our teachers too, but primarily in Iowa because that's where we're based um, and that's where we really wanted to grow this and we have definitely seen Iowa grow um, from about 40% implementation in high schools to now. Drum roll. They just announced that we're at 84%. We're in the top 10 wow. of states this last year. Let's go. Um, and we're working close to that 100%. So I think it's in our sights. Um, and really, that's because of those teachers. Like, we we do this stuff, but I could talk all day. Andy could talk all day. Mm-hmm. If the teachers are not buying into it, if they're not putting that effort in, it is truly because of the work that they are doing on the ground. Um, and it's just amazing to see, like, them get excited about it, especially those that were, like, hesitant, you know, scared. We like to say sometimes they're voluntold to be there because <laughs> their administrators like you are the lucky one. You get to do this training, and they're like, "No, not me." Um, but we always have a, a warm and welcoming, um, you know, presence, just trying to say like, "Hey, we know you might be nervous or scared or not, not want to be here, but you are part of our family now. Um, we're going to here to support you. We're going to help you through this." And once they start to see those outcomes with students, then that really shifts their mind.
0: So, uh, Andy. Uh, you know, my amazing pronunciation skills notwithstanding I've known you for years and in fact when I first met you you were a student in the Delta V program but you eventually joined the k-12 team and it strikes me that you know we're talking about like like you said Samantha there are teachers who come in like I don't know anything about this why am I being made to teach computer science why I, I don't do this um, you uh, but it seems like there's similarities between what computer science is teaching kids in in uh, at that level and what students in coding are learning at Delta V, which is that there's a lot of creativity that goes into it, there's a lot of uh, like problem solving. There's a lot of skills you're learning that are not necessarily connected to computers but uh, but because you're learning about computer science, you're learning these other things. Mm. Um, From your perspective as a Delta V graduate, uh, what are some of the things that you see students
2: learning through computer science that don't have to do with computers? Um, Just computational thinking. So I would say for, like, tiny techies, um, a lot of everything that we do is unplugged. So just teaching kids how to think, um, you know, teaching kids what an algorithm is, which is um, Samantha likes to say a pretty scary word to a lot of teachers, <laughs> um, and maybe to a lot of you. Um, but it's really just like a a list of steps uh, for how you accomplish a task. And so I'm thinking back to when I was a little kid and I was always late for school. My mom made me a little picture chart of all the things that I needed to do in order to be on time for school. Um, that was an algorithm. So um, yeah, but back to the Delta V connecting the K-12 thing, I would say had I had access um, to a lot of the stuff that we have, like code.org and stuff like that, I think um, the jarring nature of learning at the pace of Delta V sometimes, especially if you don't have the background, which I did not, um, I think that would have been eased quite a bit had I had more access to the stuff that we offer now.
1: There was one word that you use when you were talking about tiny techies, and it was unplugged. And I think that that is something um, that needs to be talked about just a little bit further because I feel like outside of tiny techies, and of course, once you get in front of a screen, actually, I'll let you explain it. Kind of <laughs> explain what what does unplugged mean in that in that regard. And yeah. when
0: you explain that, also explain mm-hmm. what tiny techies is because yeah. oh. it is different from the K twelve program, mm-hmm. but but it ties into the K twelve program. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So unplugged. So we talk about uh, unplugged and plugged uh, activities or lessons a lot. Um, Plugged is typically at a computer. So they're at a computer, they're doing some coding, that kind of stuff. Unplugged is happening away from computer and they might still be using technology, but they also might be up and they're doing dance moves. So we're talking about algorithms and sequencing. They might be creating their own dance moves and following that and especially with young kids. So Tiny Techies is for preschool through second graders. They have lots of big movement needs. Like they gotta move and wiggle and get all that out, otherwise they're just gonna explode at some point. And so like getting their full body movement in and connecting to other content areas that they're familiar with or they're learning about. So that's where like a lot of this magic happens and like teachers are so amazing. And like like you said, like my background's not in education. I just kind of absorb all these amazing skills from other people. But seeing um, you know students start to understand how to break down different numbers, you know like the ones and the tens and things like that, um, based on decomposition through computational thinking and doing activities, they're understanding that there are big things and we can decompose them into smaller parts and understand them and we can put them back together. Mm. That is some big thinking for little kids. And so in Tiny Techies, it's all very hands-on based. Um, We're training those uh, educators that work with some of our youngest learners about computational thinking and we're meeting them where they are because right? we're not expecting preschoolers to be writing like code in Java or something uh, like as that they should <laughs> <laughs> not yet we'll get there <laughs> this is the next decade um, you know but we want them to be working on those skills and so sometimes the teachers are like uh, computer science like that's just more screen time our kids are on the screen all the time anyway mm-hmm. I feel that right at home I've got two young kids uh, they get plenty of screen time already at home and in school yeah. and so we're getting them away from those, those computers they're learning about those concepts and they're relating it to other things so that it doesn't seem like they're inside Right. Oh, math is only during math time and it doesn't happen during science. Oh yeah, it does. You know, or reading, well, reading is only during reading time. That doesn't happen during math. Oh yeah, it does. So computer science, as one of my mentors, um, John Bedward calls it, is kinda like the the thread that pulls everything together because you can relate it to all these other concepts that happen in other content areas. It's just another way to think about it and give them skills to see big picture things. Um, one of my favorite things is to go into classrooms and actually see these students and like come up in like the connections that they're making. And we coach teachers on this too, because all these vocabulary words, right? They are not going to be able to go through their entire curriculum and find all these connections. But if they give a couple examples, especially at the beginning of the school year and then say, Hey, like, hey kids, we're going to do a scavenger hunt this year. Mm-hmm. And anytime you see us doing sequencing, I want you to let me know. And it's kind of a tricky way of teachers having the kids do their work. Because, the, you know, the kid, you know, it's like little Johnny, you know, and little Johnny's like, eh, this is kind of boring off there. And all of a sudden he's like, wait, 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 what we're doing is sequencing. And like, Miss Johnson, Miss Johnson, like, hey, we're doing sequencing. And Miss Johnson's like, good job, little nice. Johnny. And then off to the side, she's writing it in, in her lesson plan like next year. Let's talk about sequencing during this piece. But they're making those connections of things that they're already doing. And they're starting to learn that. And that's what we really want, we want to do with the teachers. Uh, Get them comfortable and meet them with what they're already confident in, connected to computer science concepts, and then they can do that for their students as well.
1: Yeah, and that's super intriguing to me because, yes, you can talk about the screens, but when you're doing a lot of things hand on and actually Mm -hmm. using your mind, that helps you later on in life kind of understand, okay... I don't need to rely, you know, even though AI is going to be a thing, I don't Mm -hmm. need to rely just on AI. I can rely on my brain Mm -hmm. itself and the information that I absorb to kind of help me out throughout my engineering um, field. But also uh, what we can touch on, and Andy, you can touch on this as well, is Coder Dojo. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's like the next step up, kind Mm -hmm. of, would Mm -hmm. you say, right? And so
2: can you explain exactly what Coder Dojo is? So, Coder Dojo is a K5, which means kindergarten through fifth grade event uh, that we host. It is totally free. It is student led. So, free, we free, have free, 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 free. Free is a big deal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. We've got just like open STEM stations. So, we've got microscopes. We've got computers for coding. We've got circuits. We've got drones. We've got Spheros, which is like Little
3: little robot balls, yeah, like
2: <laughs> kind of like Star Wars BB-8, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and and many more. Uh, so November eighteenth, uh, we will be having the Star Lab out. Star Lab is this big inflatable uh, observatory like with like a TV. projector that you put mm-hmm. in the middle, and it you know it put, puts the constellations. It puts you know you can even go to the moon. Like it's amazing. Um, so we've got all kinds of STEM stations that kids can just like walk around to with their parents, um, and just kind of explore on their own. Um, with mentors, with mentors. Mm -hmm. yep. So if you're interested in volunteering, reach out. How does somebody do that? If they, if they want to reach out, what do they do? I would just email k12 at newbo.co. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: And one of the other cool things that, that has been happening with Coder Dojos lately is that, you know, usually they take place at New Book Home in the Geonetric building, but we've been doing some Coder Dojos out in the community. Can you kind of talk about those efforts a little bit?
2: Yeah, so we partnered with Wellington Heights Community Church, um, and we now offer a Coder Dojo there on the second Saturday of each month. Uh, regular Coder Dojo at Geonetric is the first and third Saturday each month uh, from 1 till 3. So on the second Saturday of each month at Wellington Heights Community Church, we have um, Coder Dojo. We have a lot of the same stations. Um, the space is a little different, so sometimes I like to uh, mix it up, but lots of the kids there have not seen all—it's it's really refreshing, actually. They have not seen all of the activities that we normally have at regular Coder Dojo, um, so it's like a brand-new experience for them, and it's really rewarding to see them get really engaged. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
3: And all of those, like that, that's a recent expansion. We did a pilot last year because, um, you know, one of our goals is really to reach students everywhere. Mm. And not everyone can come to our location. The dates might not work. Um, And so we're trying to get out into the community more, get it to where, like, where the kids are um, and reach, you know, different groups of people, pockets, things like that. And uh, this is all made possible. Like Andy mentioned, it's free by sponsors. Um, So Anthony does a lot of work in there. Uh, Big shout out to Collins Aerospace, (laughs) Cargill's in there. We've got Workiva helping out, Um, you know, and like uh, CRBT's helped us go to Kids on Course. So that we can yes. get into some of those programs, um, we did a, another pilot with the Catherine McCauley Center uh, with some of the immigrant and refugee students. We're looking for sponsors to help, you know, us to get to more of those locations, so that we can get to students, especially that don't have access to those programs. So, like that's like like all this lovely, like warm, like hug, warm fuzzy feeling um, of the community coming together and making it possible for us to run these programs, reach all these students, get them excited bring it to more locations too.
1: And that is one of the coolest parts that I like um, in the sense of expanding in the in the community that you're in um, and looking at, okay, how can we do better? Um, or or who can be able to uh, be in front of Coder Dojo or whatever that might not be able to get over to the Genetra building. So I do appreciate both of y'all uh, for everything that you're doing, especially in just diversifying the program but also just just not here because mm-hmm. we go to other parts, um, other cities in Iowa, and you've mm-hmm. already been there, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and so, and that's the coolest part because when we talked about, I know if you've been listening to all our podcasts, you've definitely heard about community partnerships. Yeah. But when we talk about community partnerships, we would go to Sioux City or Council Bluffs, and we look at a map. And K-12 has already hit those places, mm-hmm. um, and it's over those 2,000 or so teachers that you all have been able to help, um, help with teaching um, the coding so they can teach their students with coding. So big applause to you all, and I appreciate that.
3: Yeah, yeah, thanks for that. It's really important if we just spend a moment, too, because computer science and STEM in general has a lot of historically underrepresented mm, populations. Yes. Typically, like on the gender side, you're thinking about females and non-binary people aren't typically represented there. We've got people of color that typically aren't represented in STEM. Maybe not feeling comfortable. You know, that's a big part of my background, um, where I had a very positive K twelve experience, and then my college experience. I was like, "What world am I in here? What?" <laughs> it was just crazy. Of like people saying I didn't belong and stuff. And I did not, I did not before that think that that actually happened. Um, but that's part of why I'm so passionate because we want, like, when we say we want this to ha- be in every single school in Iowa. We truly mean that because we want every single student to have access, and that means every single student having it in their K-8 experience, kindergarten through eighth grade experience, as part of their normal day. And then in high school, when they start choosing those classes, they're more likely to choose it. And that also means these uh, community pieces too, where they're seeing um, opportunities, maybe for girls' clubs, you know, where it's centering the the female-identifying students there. Um, you know, we have that with Girls Who Code. There are boys that definitely participate too, but it's primarily girls that are there and non-binary students, so they have access. There are um, black girls do science, things like that, you mm-hmm. know, that are like like places where we can increase this excitement and safety and just like a positive experience for students so that they have that and it carries them through some of those tough times that they might experience because it's, it's a whole field <laughs> of like stereotypes and just kind of weirdness out there still. That we're all trying to overcome. And a huge part of that happens in education of like normalizing people being included, belonging, that diversity piece, and like recognizing all these skills that all of the different students bring. So it's really, really important for us to get out in the community, and for families too, like, uh, I was actually at a national conference recently, and we were talking about, like, rural communities, and um, I was talking with a group of people from California where they run into families in some of their rural communities that don't want their kids to do this because they're afraid that they're going to move away, Mm. or it's like, well, but no, like, in our our culture, in our community, you know, the girls, they stay home and they take care of the babies and stuff, and that's the messaging they get at home, Mm. and you have to, like, kind of navigate that, like, you want to make sure that You don't discredit their culture and their, you know, family values and things, but also say, yeah, but if you're interested, you could you could do both because you could work from home. You could, you know, balance life, those kind of things and expose them to that. And it's just, you know, one of those things that you don't expect to run into until you run into it. (laughs) Um, But trying to work through some of those things that are just, you know, maybe the ickier things that people don't like to talk about that are uncomfortable, but are really part of our mission, too, of making sure that all students are really included and have the opportunity to make a choice for themselves.
0: This is uh, this is something, a question for, for both of you. Um, in the course of doing this kind of work and, and seeing some of these things play out, are there any uh, moments that really stand out for you, uh, an interaction with a teacher in or an interaction with a student that just kind of makes you think, you know what, we're doing really good work here. Are there, are there any moments like that you can think
2: of? I would say with the Catherine McCauley mm-hmm. Center when we partner with them. Uh, high school age, wasn't it? Yeah, I think Ish. there were some
3: little middle schoolers in there, but yeah.
2: And what is but the Catherine McCauley Center? Mm-hmm. That's a great question.
3: So they're another local nonprofit. And they uh, do a lot of programs. And Rob actually knows because you've got personal my, connection there. My,
0: my mom is actually a teacher there. She, oh. uh, she teaches English as a second language. Mm-hmm. And, nice. uh, and so, yeah, the Catherine McCauley Center is doing a lot of really cool things. And we're looking for more opportunities uh, to involve some of the people there. Whether it's in some of our Delta V Code 101 programs or in our, our K twelve programs, just because there's a lot of opportunity uh, to to reach out and help and uh, and to get people up to speed on on technology, mm-hmm. um, I think Catherine McCauley Center is doing some really good work, and it's a it's a great place, uh, and I hope that we're able to make more partnerships with them. Yeah,
1: yeah. Sorry I, about that, Andy, but I know you were gonna say something.
2: Yeah. Uh, so just. <laughs> It's okay, I guess. Um, it's, uh, hey, at least
0: you didn't say his name
2: wrong. You know? I mean, it could have been worse. But seeing these students with, you know, l- l- the language barrier was a huge thing. So, like, being able to relate to kids via these activities, you know, that we have out for maybe younger kids, I'm saying these are fun for all ages. Mm-hmm. I have fun still. Um, but being able to connect to kids and, you know, seeing their smiles and just laughter and... You know, all while they, they can't necessarily talk to me um, the same way that I would talk to uh, somebody else mm-hmm. for now, right? Until they're done with class with your mother, right?
3: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. No. She'll, she'll get them up to speed. And, and then you can go into all
0: kinds of Star Wars trivia with them. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I need to make clear, by the way, that Andy and I are hardcore Star Wars nerds, and we are constantly talking about the latest show that is on or uh, trading, you know, various weird stuff. Um, yeah yeah which i I like being a nerd i'm not I'm not the least <laughs> bit embarrassed about that and yeah. uh, and I think that um you know, I was lucky as a kid in school i I was encouraged to you know to, to not computer science so much but um but you know to to follow things that I thought I was passionate about and that I thought could be a good career for me and so it's kind of cool that this program is making it easier to make kids. Like, I guess a perfect example is the eSports leagues that like Osage has mm-hmm. you know that mm-hmm. that um, it used to be that kids who played video games it's like well why are you wasting your time with that that's that's dumb you should be doing these things and now schools are kind of meeting kids where they live and they're recognizing hey no this is an important part of your life we're gonna make this part of your school experience we're gonna actually have an eSports League mm-hmm. or oh you uh, you spend a lot of time on your phone using apps hey you should learn computer science and you could create an app you know there there's all this these really encouraging things happening for kids now uh, that that meet them where they live. And, and um, not only
3: that, though, some of them are getting full-ride scholarships to go to college because of eSports. Which is amazing. Like, Hey, keep
0: playing with video thought. games, son. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I would love... What are you doing outside with that basketball? Get inside <laughs> and work on your video gaming. You got Seriously. a scholarship to win, kid. VR is going to change the world. Stay in that <laughs> Oculus. Stay in it. Um, yeah, no, I think it's, it's, it's really good work what you guys are doing and you can clearly see it having an impact. Um, I, you know, there was, there's a really cool thing that's been happening the last couple of summers where, um, where you've had a whole bunch of teachers get together. Mm -hmm. I know, I think it was at UNI this past summer, Mm -hmm. it was at Ames Mm -hmm. the year before that. Um, but it's an opportunity for lots of teachers to come together and learn a lot of these concepts. And can you kind of talk about that event? Like, Kind of how it came to be and and how how many teachers have benefited from it
3: yeah yeah so cspd week in iowa and there are lots of states that put on um their own kind of version of cspd week we ever since we first started doing teacher training have um always structured it especially with secondary which is middle and high school teachers where they come together for five days in the summer um five consecutive days so a week And that's what get them started for the school year. And then during the school year, it's not like we're just like, hey, good luck, like, you know, write us when you get there. Uh, But we help support them while they're implementing and take them deeper into the curriculum, like meet them where they are with the lessons that they're going to be teaching so they don't have to remember everything for the summer and also kind of layer in best practices, instructional supports, things like that. So that's always been the model of the programs that we run from the beginning. And we saw amazing things happening with teacher community um, if you've been around me for a while and I'm at a PD week, I'm probably going to cry at some point because I just get emotional, like just like all the excitement of seeing like a teacher on Monday that was told to be there that's grumpy and like doesn't want to be there on Friday. They're like, this is the best experience ever. I love this. Like, I want to see you guys again. That kind of thing and so we wanted that experience for more teachers because we know most of them don't have a background in computer science it's maybe intimidating it's overwhelming and it's just more fun to be together we've, we've done the virtual thing um, we kind of do a hybrid now where we get together in the summer in person and then we see them during the school year um, virtually because it's a little bit easier for you know limiting travel during the school year that kind of stuff um, and so uh, after the pandemic and when we had to be virtual we started to kind of ease back into it and so two summers ago. We hosted, um, again, in Ames at Iowa State University, uh, the College of Engineering were great hosts for us, and we said, like, hey, we'd love to see other programs beyond just ours because we know that there are other programs that meet teachers' needs as well. Uh, we really like our programs, but we want to make sure we're including others, and so we reached out to Iowa's AEAs, the Area Education Agencies, and said, hey, do you have any programs that you'd like to be in person that you know, could be hosted at Iowa State, and we can kind of show you what we've done in the past, build this community with a broader group, And that year, I think we had 150 people between all of the things that came together at Iowa State. Um, They really liked that and took it and ran and um, hosted last year at UNI. And there were about 300 educators from across the state. um, And about half of those were in our program. So we're excited to see more opportunities for teachers, continue that going. And we really work with the state, the Department of Ed, on the funding piece for that Um, Iowa gets about half a million dollars a year appropriated by the legislature and then there's some other funding buckets and things and that helps to cover the cost of the professional development so teachers and schools don't have to pay for that. The teachers get stipends for every day that they participate. They get lodging in the dorms covered. They get breakfast and lunch covered. Um, And they oftentimes, depending on the program, they're getting some materials that they get to take with them, like robots or um, things that they'll use to implement. So really, really great opportunity for teachers that makes that barrier a little bit lower. Um, There are some other grants available at the state level that have closed this year. But if you're um, looking for those and your district already has their needs met through PD options and things like that, um, they can kind of customize it and write a grant. So that still exists out there right now. But Really cool stuff, and I just I love those because you get to see perspectives change. You get to see that community and collaboration of teachers. They make friends across the state, um, you know, and they're like, "Hey, you're over in northeast Iowa, and I'm in southwest Iowa. Like, oh, you're doing this kind of same thing. You're teaching every single grade computer science. Me too. Let's commiserate sometime. That kind of stuff. So it's it's really amazing experience.
1: And just for my clarification, so with CSPD week, mm-hmm. is it just you? Mm -mm. Okay, so Mm -mm. who else is being involved in the sense of like teaching these teachers as well? Yeah,
3: yeah. So actually at this point, um, we for most of our programs, we actually contract with classroom teachers using the curriculum and they're the ones facilitating these. We do that for a specific reason because they're the ones in the classrooms every day and they can bring in like, hey, you know, Mm -hmm. this lesson it says this, but I find with my students it works better to split it into two days, give them some more time with this, or the first time I taught this, I kind of struggled with this part and now I modify it because nothing's ever per- ever perfect, it's not a silver bullet, it's not going to work the same for everyone, and having those classroom teachers share how it actually works for them as they're teaching those concepts to other teachers just really validates it and it builds that trust piece and it shows like um, I, I, love our facilitators too. They're amazing people cause they just bring their whole humanity and they're willing to say, you know, the first year I just was really doing my best, but <laughs> it's a lot better now. And, and a couple of them will say, you know, year one, you're flying by the seat of your pants, you know, it's okay. We're here to support you. You're probably going to struggle, but year two, you kind of know a little bit more year three are you're, you're off to the races and you're really feeling there. So it sets that expectation that you don't have to go in knowing everything Because every teacher that goes in, they're like, okay, I'm going to get this all perfectly right the very first year. Mm -hmm. That's not a realistic expectation. And having someone validate, all right, you don't have to know everything the first year. Yep, if the students figure that out and you haven't quite figured it out, here's how you handle that. But you're always continuing to learn, and eventually you are going to understand this, and you're going to be like fantastic at what you're doing. So um, there's a whole team of of facilitators. I think we contract with about 15 across the state. And it's also great because they bring their specific, um, unique district uh, situations too, because they all have different barriers within their districts to work through. We've got teachers or facilitators that are in urban districts, in rural districts. We've got both men and women that are facilitating, people that have a little bit of computer science background, people that have had no computer science background before they started going through our programs themselves. And so we love that mix because it connects with the teachers in our programs. At this point, the only thing I facilitate is tiny techies because I built that, created it, ran it with kids. And I don't want to ever be in front of someone and like talking and don't have the actual experience. Um, But that, yeah, that's one that we're also working to build up. So as we're training more and more teachers across the state and we're almost up to 400 with that specific program in the past two years, um, we'll be looking for teachers that are interested in facilitating and, and bringing their flavor to that, too.
0: So you mentioned uh, that you're looking to grow Tiny Techies as we go forward. What are some of the other plans that you have uh, going forward for the education program at Nubico? What are some goals you've set? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, so this is actually driven by uh, customer-client demand. Um, but a couple of years ago, we had some districts that have been really leaders in the state, uh, Fort Madison and Osage and they reached out and they're like, hey, we really want to work with you and customize some things for our teachers, for our, our district. And we want to work more on integrating computer science everywhere. And at the time, it's like, oh, that's that's a big lift. And there's not like a curated program to be like, here's how you do it. So we kind of built the plane as we were flying it and work with them. And ever since then, just like word of mouth, we've been working with a few districts each year to kind of do the same thing, meet them where they are. You know, everyone looks a little bit different because they're all in different spots. But That's something we're seeing more of, of this integrating computer science into math, into literacy, into science, into social studies, so that students are seeing how computer science really does impact everything. It does not mean that computer science is coming in and taking over your social studies class. It might be that in social studies, you're talking about the political ramifications of artificial intelligence. Hmm. You know, just because we can does it mean we should. What are the impacts that using ChatGPT GPT has on third world countries or something like that? They're looking at all of these different angles of computer science within the lens of that topic. And it might just be a project. So that's something that's really exciting and keeps us on our toes because it's very different. Everything's changing all the time with that. Every district's different. And it's kind of fun to customize and get to know those districts' needs and what they're wanting to do. So I see more of that happening in the future, especially as this requirement uh, to incorporate computer science kind of gets ruled out to everyone.
1: And innovation, of course, is in the name of the podcast. Uh, when you talk about Tiny Techies or if you even talk about Coder Dojo, I'm curious of how you two have innovated over time to be with the times uh, from Tiny Techies. You can talk about Tiny Techies first, Samantha. Mm -hmm. then Andy, if you don't mind talking about Coder Dojo and just kind of what you see or what you saw then from when you first kind of started with it to now and how it's actually changed and evolved.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Tiny Techies is a fun journey because that actually came from my kid's uh, preschool head of school saying like, know I know your background in software engineering but like we don't really do screens for preschoolers and like like Hmm. how does computer science fit in and I was like challenge accepted Um, and that's where I developed all of those unplugged activities through research trying it out and I ran the program in the preschool directly with those kids who oftentimes put me in my place Uh, (laughs) lots of immediate (laughs) feedback with preschoolers and it was a mixed group of um, three-year-olds through six-year-olds so you know you had like those kids that were not reading yet all the way up to those that were pretty strong readers and, like, getting them to collaborate and all that, I learned a lot. Um, but then as the word kind of got out, everyone was like, hey, that sounds like a really cool program. Can you come do that in my kids' daycare? Can you come do that in my classroom? And it pretty quickly ran out of time and space. And so that's when, um, with the help of Allison, who's like, kind of like third peg of our K-12 education wheel, um, we developed the teacher training program so that this wasn't just all of the schools that I could get to, but it could be in every school, um, you know, with preschool through second grade. And we've even had teachers that have used it with upper elementary for our third through fifth graders as well and made some modifications. So that's where uh, the teacher training came from. And we spent a couple of years during the pandemic building that. We did a a pilot group with teachers, got some feedback on that. And then it was awarded as a STEM scale-up program. So we do awesome partnerships in the state. Um, This one was with the Iowa Governor's STEM uh, Council. And -hmm. they have a program called STEM scale-up. So they covered stipends and travel and workshop costs and all that stuff so that educators could come. And they got all of the materials. So they left with all of the circuit stuff and the the Cubetto robot and the books and all of those things to help them actually implement. Um, So yeah, that's how we've kind of seen it shift from just a program that I was running to meeting that demand with training teachers. And then we've also been invited to, we actually applied to take it international. Um, And so we should hear back on that. Sometime this winter to see if we can take it international and then other states have reached out and we've written a couple of collaborative grants with them to try to take it out of the state and replicate it and do even more research around it. We always get surveys and things and feedback and we've analyzed that to make sure we're improving. But this would be like deep research on um, teacher uh, capacity and efficacy and things like that. So I'm excited to see if that gets picked up and to see it scale outside of Iowa and see if we can replicate the magic that we've made happen in our state.
0: If that gets picked up internationally, I uh, I think you're going to need a videographer to <laughs> come document how that how that's going, how they're doing it. Yes. Uh, that's really exciting. Tiny I, techies of the world in the world. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I, I can't thank the two of you enough for, uh, for coming in and, and talking with us. This is really, really exciting work that you're doing and it's Clearly making a huge impact on the state. I, uh, I I've I, Anthony and I have both talked about this. That one of the really cool things about this job is that you can clearly see an impact that it's making on people. It's it's a really cool feeling to say, hey, I I can you know the organization that I'm a part of that's there's what we're doing i can see it you know it's Mm -hmm. it's not some abstract concept you can see the impact it's having on people and just seeing the way the teachers are reacting the way students are reacting it's just it's really important work that you're doing and um and yeah I, i can't say enough good things about uh about the results that you've had so thank you so much for coming in Also, want to say thank you really quick to uh, to our presenting sponsor Van Meter. Uh, They make this conversation possible. Yes, and they make it possible. But they also so when you talk about innovation,
1: Mm -hmm. um, they are definitely on the forefront of innovation. We definitely appreciate them as being our presenting sponsor, on top of Upload Media as our uh, our
0: media sponsor as well. Yeah, yeah, putting our putting our faces out there for everybody, and and putting our words out for people to hear. So thank you to to Upload. Um, yeah, well, if you want to know more about the, uh, about what K-12 is doing, uh, you can just go to newbo.co and, uh, and just, just click on the K-12 tab and you'll see all of the uh, projects we have happening. Um, if, uh, if people want to ask you questions directly, uh, Samantha or Andy, what's the best way to do that?
3: I would say email k12 at nubo.co. that goes to all of us and then we can get it to the right spot.
1: Okay And then if anybody Andy had to say In one word If you had to say In one word What is your favorite Thing about Coder Dojo What would you say One word
0: One word Favorite thing Bro you already You already (laughs) lost (laughs) Yeah That was like six words (laughs) One (laughs) word That was was two more How
3: can you fit that In one word
0: Fun Can can you use a word Like (laughs) 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 (laughs)
3: supercalifragilisticexpialidocious He could have But he didn't
1: (laughs) (laughs) I tried But no, but seriously, we do appreciate you all for being here uh, just because of the the great
0: work that you're doing to spread it throughout the state of Iowa. It's fun. Yeah, well, keep. (laughs) Join us. Well, that'll do it for us. Uh, Keep innovating, everybody, and we'll see you next time. See you later.
1: I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this control needs coming out.
0: You know, Logan, Logan is, Logan's Logan's going to have to edit this later and he's going to be like, "Okay, they're ready. They're re- <laughs> they're laughing again." Uh, what father. was going on in that studio oh, that day?
2: Uh, more Star Wars? <laughs> yeah. Logan, it
0: was the Star Wars Holiday Special. I brought it up. I shouldn't have done it. Now everybody's got the giggles. That cast